VoiceTube Studio presents a refreshing, fun, and informative podcast. Come with us to learn English and explore culture. Join Steve and Winnie on Ride the Vibes. Hey everyone, welcome back to Ride the Vibes. This is your host Steve, and this is your host Winnie. All right, today we have a special guest with us, so we're really excited. And we had last week. Off, so you guys didn't have a new episode. So we're going to make sure this episode is really awesome. It's going to be awesome. It's going to be awesome. So today we're talking about、uh, our friend Luke. He has come to talk with us about a bunch of different subjects.、Uh, so Luke, welcome to the show. Hello, Steve. Hello, Winnie. Hello, everyone. This is Luke. Hello, Luke. You have a wonderful voice over there. Thank you. I was trying <laughs> to be sexy. <laughs> <laughs> trying too hard, but yes, please do introduce yourself. Okay, so hello everyone. My name is Luke, and I was born in Taiwan, and I moved to Australia when I was fourteen. So I studied high school, and then after that, university, and then、uh, postgraduate degree.、Um, yes, and my major was uh, theater, uh, directing, uh, drama. If you would,、uh, yeah. So that's、uh, why I guess、uh, it's related to the topic that we are going to talk about today、mm-hmm. is theater and like learning English. And I'm also an interpreter.、Mm-hmm. Uh, uh, Winnie and I, <laughs> we are actually friends. Yeah, we go way back. We're, we're partners.、Uh, we were interpretation partners in the past.、Mm-hmm. So you know, I'm here today to share、uh, some of our stories about drama interpretation. Luke has a lot of stories that he can tell.、Uh, he's been working in Taiwan quite a while and has a lot of experience in、um, interpretation and also teaching and also theater. So why don't we begin with our first topic? I think everybody would want to know a little bit about your life in Australia. Okay, life in Australia. <laughs> uh, okay, uh, so, tell them the story that you told me. The the racist story. Yes, the racist <laughs> the story. Racist. Okay, first of all, I would like to say I love Australia. It's a beautiful country, <laughs>、um, and、uh, the kangaroos were lovely. <laughs> And koalas are cute. No, we did not ride kangaroos to school because that's the thing everybody asks me. Do you ride kangaroos? Did you eat a kangaroo burger? Actually, I did. <laughs> not as good as beef because they're just large-sized rats.、So um, is it lean or is it like it's fatty? It's just very like gamey and chewy.、Uh, so you know, yeah, probably I, not gonna like that. Yeah, <laughs> you just try it once and you probably don't want.、It. You know, unless you're, you know, there's a zombie a, a, apocalypse. Then, yeah, then probably you know, gonna go. It's probably Easier to, to get kangaroo meat. So anyway, so、uh, in Australia, there is, I mean, you know, recently there has been a lot of like racism、mm-hmm. uh, because of the coronavirus, and people go,、oh, it's China virus,、mm-hmm. you know, it's Asian virus. So I, you know, I feel、We're、talking、really... like Trump a little bit there. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't say his name.、Uh, okay, so I, I really feel bad, you know, because. I experienced a lot of racism when I was younger, and、mm-hmm. then I think it got better. I think the world、uh, got Australia got better. The world got better. We as a species have evolved,、mm-hmm. but due to the virus, I think there is being more like racist attack not not only verbal attack but also physical attack、mm-hmm. uh, on the basis of someone's race and ethnicity,、mm-hmm. uh, especially Asian. Mm-hmm. So yeah,、uh, so just to tell you a little bit, actually, the the like the third day I arrived in Australia, 
I didn't have a, I didn't speak a lot of English, right? So I was staying in a, in a host family or homestay, and mm -hmm. then the boy who like like he's Filipino, right? Mm -hmm. But he was born in Australia. But you know he's he's dark. He's got darker skin, and mm -hmm. he's like duck. No, I didn't. I didn't understand. I mean, Quack. I didn't. Yeah, <laughs> duck like the bird, but you know he was telling me to duck, like to hide, right?、Mm -hmm. um, and then like two eggs flew from a moving car and then hit me in the face. Mm -hmm. And so I, yeah, I got egg washed. But how、um, did you feel at that moment?、Uh, Were you well, like just surprised or didn't know what to think? Yeah, I, you know, that was the very first time. I was like, whoa, you know, like third day, like three days in Australia, and I had my first racist attack, <laughs> and you know, not nice, you know, like because it takes forever to wash the the eggs off.、Mm -hmm. uh, yeah, and then, you know, they were yelling. Just you know, obscene. Like they were using a lot of obscene languages. You know, be Asians, go back to your be country.、Mm -hmm. Well,、Et、obscene、cetera. is a more of a difficult word. What does obscene mean in <laughs> Chinese? Obscene in Chinese. <laughs> 就是、uh, 比较这个呃不不雅的语言。啊，老师老师的声音出来了。不雅的脏话，脏话，对对对。Or vulgar language. <laughs> vulgar. vulgar. Just you know the F word. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> the F word. Yeah, the F word. That's why they're. I think、using. all our listeners probably know the F word. Yeah, everybody knows the F word. I I actually had the same experience, but I wasn't the person who got egg washed. I was just、uh, I was in my community. I was having fun with my friends in the yard, and then、uh, my friend's dad got egg washed. From like some guy from the third floor. I don't know how he got like such a great aim, but he hit him in the face, and I I was like really really surprised because I was like about five, and、um, I didn't know that it it was like because of racism. I thought someone was just like pranking or、uh, trying to make fun of someone, but it was it was really surprising for me. And then looking back, I realized that that's actually because of racism. Yeah, it's it's pretty sad. I, I guess、um, you know like I've. Encountered、uh, a few uh, racist uh, incidents. Uh, I, I think you know, like looking back, I, I guess those people were like、uh, of a lower socioeconomic status,、mm -hmm. like、uh, poor people basically, and then they feel like、um, Asians are coming to their country to take over their jobs, because a lot of Asians they 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 saw. Um, were like you know people with nice cars and nice houses. I, I guess there were a lot of rich Asians walking rich Asia, around, crazy rich Asians, crazy rich Asians <laughs> walking around the neighborhood. And so yeah, I think they, it's just、uh, you know automatically associate. Oh, I don't have a job, and all these Asians coming to our countries、mm -hmm. must be related. So I, I can kind of understand, but it doesn't justify it, right? It's it's,、mm -hmm. it's stupid. It's ignorance、mm -hmm. uh, to think that way.、Um, but you know I don't. I I think、um, what I learned from the, these like racist、um, attack actually you know like after I was attacked the first time then there's being a few other attacks you know I kind of、um, I kind of said to myself like I want to improve my English、mm -hmm. so right? that's Because, how you overcome it yeah like people saying things and I want to be able to curse to use the f word as fluently <laughs> as the local <laughs> <laughs> so yeah so I, I really I, I guess you know consciously and subconsciously I, I really want to you know、uh, work on my English、uh, so so I become fluent. So I can express myself and also defend myself. You know, if someone is trying to, you know, throw throw some say some racist comments at me.
I just want to say, if you're learning English, I hope you're learning English for a positive reason. But I guess like <laughs> self-defense, that's like a pretty, it's kind of like survival, right? You kind of yeah. feel like you have to learn English. It's like we had Eric on the podcast mm-hmm. in episode 14 and he said, oh, you know, if, well, if you need your English, if you need English to get food and survive, you're going to learn English pretty fast. Mm-hmm. So did you did you feel similarly like you kind of had to learn English or you were going to be at like a big disadvantage? Oh, yeah, of course, uh, because, you know, I was going I was going to high school. Uh, and um, if you if you don't have enough English, you know, you're not going to do too well. You're not going to understand what the teacher is saying. And then, uh, yeah, of course, so I, I would say that is uh, survival. It's it's, uh, you know, sink or swim mm. uh, situation. You know, I was thrown into the deep end, uh, so to speak. That you know, I I I I don't want to be like um like uh, at the uh, disadvantage. You know, I don't want to walk around with this um, disadvantage or disability. Sometimes you f- really feel like you're handicapped if you cannot express yourself mm-hmm. or you know communicate to people. Yeah, so I. I, I think, you know, I don't think it's like, of course, yes, I, you know, like we want to learn English so so we can explore the world and learn about different cultures. But, you know, that's why people say, oh, yeah, you just need to throw yourself into the environment because when you're in that environment, it becomes like a survival tool. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I mean, I felt that way when I first came to Taiwan. It's not nearly the same situation you experienced. But I mean, just going to restaurants and having no friends here. And not being able to read any menus, it was just like so frustrating. And every day I had the same struggle. I'm like, oh my God, I don't know any person in this country because I was the only teacher at my school that was a Westerner. Um, And I was like, oh my God, I really can't read any menu item. I can't read any character. And like I was in Changhua, which is like the middle of Taiwan. So yeah, I basically learned like a lot of Chinese characters, not so much speaking and listening, but how to read a lot of the characters just because I needed to know them to read a menu to, mm, to survive. <laughs> to <get> food, yeah. <laughs> yeah. You don't want to really end up thing. eating weird food all the time. Yeah, I'll just <laughs> yeah. take uh, number 32. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, yeah, you just it? point to it. You're like, yeah. I hope that's good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think a lot of people do that in the beginning. So I guess it's very important that you find a motivation behind the reason why you want to learn English. And then later on in Australia, I think you, um, you decided that you were going to do drama and then you also got your interpretation certification there? Uh, yes. So I'm a, a NADI certified interpreter, and that's mm-hmm. the National uh, Accreditation Authority for Translators. Do we have a Chinese for that? So I'm a level three Mandarin English, mm-hmm. Chinese English interpreter and translator. Uh, and the re- it's interesting how I got that license because I was on a student visa, right? Mm-hmm. So I was about 19 or 20, and I was auditioning for a drama school, mm-hmm. uh, Mel Gibson School, NIDA, <laughs> okay? national the National, what is it? Oh, no, National did you Institute it? of Dramatic Arts. <laughs> okay. okay, NIDA. So I was auditioning. I was uh, auditioning for NIDA. I was trying to get into NIDA, but I didn't because I was too young. Mm-hmm. Uh, too inexperienced, I guess. So, but I, I really wanted because I was on a student visa, so I had to, you know, study something. And then it's like, okay, well, since I didn't get into my drama school, I'll study 
interpretation uh, instead. And then people go, oh, yeah, you know, that's that's good. You know, like that's something you should do. So so I did that. Um, and then I got certified. And after that, I was able to work in Australia. Actually, I got to stay in Australia. I um, used this license to apply for permanent residence. And then citizenship. And then citizenship. So Mm -hmm. that was pretty good because a lot of my friends had to pay like a million dollars to get their citizenship. Yeah. So mine was relatively cheaper (laughs) to to acquire. And and yeah, and then eventually I got into NIDA. Mm -hmm. And so I was, yeah, learning, um, studying, directing and theater and, and writing and a little bit of acting, I guess. Mm-hmm. I guess you know what you wanted to do early on, so then you kind of planned a future for yourself, right? Yes, I, I guess I always knew, like, okay, like when I was a kid, I wanted to be a scientist, like, like everyone to, wants to, to be build a scientist. A rocket ship, <laughs> and then <laughs> I realized rocket science is too hard for me. <laughs> and then bad uh, at math. <laughs> bad at math, yes. Um, so, uh, but I guess I was v- always interested, and I guess a little bit talented in terms of like learning language, uh, Chinese and English. So, uh, and I was also fascinated by like always had something to say about the world. Right. So mm-hmm. back at school, I was the talkative one and the teacher never liked me. In Taiwan? <laughs> Are we talking about in Taiwan? In Taiwan. Okay. Yes. Uh, so I was never liked by teachers here in Taiwan. But then when I got to Australia, I think I had a few nice teachers who really appreciate my talent and then like what I have to say. Your effort. Yeah. And, and just, you know, respect me as, as an artist, I guess. Mm-hmm. You know, I, I wanted to be a theater practitioner, a theater artist. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that's me uh, going to NIDA uh, and also getting my interpretation license. So I'm mm-hmm. just curious, like for people on the podcast, for some of our listeners that might consider Australia as a place to study or live, like what would you recommend? Do you have any tips for them on how to like adjust to the culture or adjust to the country? Uh, well, I guess it really depends how old you are when you go there. I think a lot of Taiwanese people go to Australia now to like pick pineapples and kill cows and yeah, butchers uh, and butchers. Yes, <laughs> uh, you can make some money, but um, I guess the best way because you then you will be you know on a farm or in a butcher butchery mm-hmm. butcher factory. factory. Uh, then you wouldn't have a lot of interaction with like local uh, or native speakers Mm -hmm. so i think the best way is still to go there and to study that way you get to meet um local Mm -hmm. australians um and the i guess there's always been a a stereotype like from my like the from the white people asians all stick together Mm -hmm. um uh yeah i guess it it is true uh because you have similar culture and stuff but i think the best way is to develop your own interest Mm -hmm. so you know like because there were more asians studying like commerce and like finance and like the smart ones study medicine (laughs) i guess so i wasn't the smart one uh and but since i was interested in theater uh you know i had a lot of like white uh 
co uh how do you call it? classmates <laughs> yeah or uh, people who are who are not asian uh so if you have a similar interest uh, let's say if you if you're into music if you're into uh cinema or uh movies if you have that interest then then you will find friends so it's not about uh you know making friends with with Asians or white people it's just about finding friends that share the similar interest mm-hmm. I think a lot of um because I teach uh university here in Taiwan as yes. well. And a lot of people don't really have a strong personality or a strong interest in anything. Like everybody seems to have the same or it's very, very similar. Like, oh yeah, I play basketball. And then <laughs> like boys always basketball, right? And then or Korean K-pop. Um, you know, or like very they have very similar. So I think it's good to kind of develop more diverse um interest. Interests. Yeah, just you know, like, uh, I don't know, hiking. If you like hiking, you're going to find hiking friends. Mm-hmm. Uh, or cooking, you know, if you're into cooking. Um, yeah, cooking buddies. Cooking <laughs> buddies. <laughs> a little well, helper. You can invite uh, friends over for a party. at your. You know, yeah. I kind of feel bad. This is a little bit off topic. But I think one thing I noticed is that children in Asia, from the two countries I've lived in, Korea and Taiwan, they just go to school so much. There's so much emphasis on education. I think it's really hard for them to find hobbies or find interests because there's so much pressure and time put on like, you know, English and math and stuff. And I find like in the West, like we generally have a lot more free time as children, I think, just to like go outside and play. So our parents are like, yeah, just find what you love and just do it. Like maybe am I, I might be a little bit wrong here, or maybe um, like observing this a little bit incorrectly. But I always feel like, you know, I feel bad for Asian students because they go to school so much. Yeah, no, I, I, I have to agree with you. I think um, because well, right now I, I I I have my own theater school, and we have kids who are six, seven year old coming to the school, and their schedules are packed, right? Their moms uh, or dads, or mostly moms, <laughs> have packed their schedules so much so like there's like little break in between, right? So you know, nine thirty, you go take your swing lesson, right? And then ten thirty, drawing lesson, and then you know. So I don't know. I, I'm sure they they would talk to the kids, but I have to agree with you. I think just having nothing, right? Just just you know, have a little bit of like, uh, you know, a, a blank, uh, a free period. Is important, and kids here don't don't actually get to do that. I remember back at school we had this like you so you had like toilet break, like ten minute toilet yeah, break. Yeah, ten minute toilet right? break. Right, but then you also get this like thirty minute recess, mm-hmm. which is just playtime. I don't mm-hmm. think kids get that. It's it's fifteen minute class and then ten minutes. I think younger kids get it, but not they cut it out probably pretty early. Like, like maybe elementary school, kindergarten. They definitely have that, but I don't know elementary school. I don't, I don't know elementary sure school. No, no. You don't get that playtime. No, really? no playtime, no, no recess. Oh my god! I, well, I studied nice. elementary school in Taiwan. There's like, there's you get your ten minute toilet break and that's it. That's it. Wow. So you're you're just this learning machine, right? Mm-hmm. Pee, <laughs> learn, and go pee and learn yeah. some more. Even though <laughs> in elementary water. school you get like half half a day of school, but then in the afternoon usually your parents would just sign up for like Cram some yeah after mm-hmm. school programs. You just stay in school and keep studying or reading well reading is good but like the only if the only thing you do is at school and then you read and read and read it's really hard to develop like something that you like 
Yeah, I feel like it's more of a duty at that point. Everything you're learning is kind of like forced mm-hmm. or told you something you have to learn. You're not really like, oh, you know, I'm really interested in dinosaurs or I'm really interested in arts, something like that. Mm-hmm. I think that's a that's a good thing that um, my parents got me to Canada because when I was in Canada, um, yeah, I really get a lot of free time just going out in, in, in the yard and just having fun and then um, doing the things that I like. And I realized that I liked acting too, which is why uh, Luke and I became good friends. So I guess we can talk about how um, interpretation and acting affected your life in, in you know, in your later days. Uh, interpretation and acting? Mm-hmm. Okay, I, I guess a lot of uh, professional interpreters, in t- I will probably be the most dramatic interpreter <laughs> that I know. <laughs> yes, you are. Because <laughs> I like, um, you know, especially when you get a good speaker. Right. And then you just kind of, you know, whether it's Chinese into English or into English into Chinese, you, you would try to, you know, more or less imitate the 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 mannerism or the tone or just the speed and the tempo. So so, you know, it's kind of for me, like doing interpretation is a little bit like dubbing for like movies. Um, and, you know, especially when they're talking about like a story. Mm-hmm. Right. So, you know, if they're just talking about like technical data and numbers <laughs> and that's, you know, that's all that fun boring. stuff. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, but yeah, especially when a good speaker, you know, talking about his or her experience and a good story. Right. Um, with emotional uh, content or. Um, yeah. Then then I become really excited and I want to, you know, do my best to to uh, portray that same feeling in the target language. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, so that I think that uh, drama really helps. And also drama helps with empathy, right? So, you know, like thinking for someone else, step into someone's shoe. Mm-hmm. Uh, and you can't do that, you know, like because a good interpreter is kind of anticipating mm-hmm. almost, you know, like anticipating what that person is going to say next because you're following the, the train of thought. Mm-hmm. Uh, another uh, good analogy would be like uh, it's almost like a you know sort of a, a, like possession, mm-hmm. like as in like oh, Taiwanese, like shaman getting possessed by a spirit. Mm-hmm. So I always feel like yes, I'm possessed. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and that's when when you know like you have become one. You know, like the the two spirits, the two minds have morphed and merged into one <laughs> single unit. And then, yeah, uh, so it, that's when I'm having a lot of fun. And the audience, they they will be enjoying that too. They can a, feel it. Yeah, as opposed to someone just going blah, 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 speaking in a very, like, in, a, in monotone. You know? <laughs> so people would think that these are two very different things, but in fact, they are actually pretty related to each other. Well, of course, yeah. I mean, uh, interpretation and drama, they're both uh, related to um, language, mm-hmm. right? So that is the tool of the trade. Uh, I, I guess interpretation, there is less room for creativity. Mm-hmm. You can't just, you know, make up something. You can't go then, rogue. Yeah, you can't go rogue. <laughs> um, yeah, like you, you pretty much have to be faithful, right, mm-hmm. or truthful to what the speaker, because at the end of the day, people have come here to listen to that guy, right? But since they don't speak the language, they have to go through you, right? So you're kind of less important. Um, but with drama, uh, you really get to express 
your ideas and your feeling. You know, um, let's say if you're, you know, when I'm writing a script, I can let my imagination go free uh, and create all these characters, you know, having these um, all these wonderful actions and conflicts. Um, or if you're an actor uh, taking on a role, you, you really get to, you know, experience that. But um, I said, if you're playing Hamlet, right, mm -hmm. you know, like Shakespeare wrote it, but you still get to, you know, have your own take, have your own interpretation. So, you know, you playing Hamlet, you know, versus me playing Hamlet will be totally different. Yeah. I mean, how right. many jokers are there? <laughs> Just think about that. But yeah, no, I think that's really cool because I am like totally not an actor whatsoever. I'm like much more of a writer behind the scenes. I don't like acting like really when I did it, I felt extremely nervous, extremely uncomfortable. And with everyone watching you, I just felt like I was just, there was so much pressure, but it felt like I was very alive though. That's the thing I, I really appreciated that aspect of it. I, I was like, oh my God, like I, this is all happening now. Like I need to be like in this play. I need to be on my body language needs to match this character. What I'm saying needs to match this character. But I had to basically do improv because there's like no way I could possibly yeah. ever mm -hmm. memorize enough lines. So I give you guys that are actually actors, I give you guys a lot of props because <laughs> it is insanely hard. It's really hard. Uh, yeah, acting is <laughs> not easy. But I would um, perhaps disagree slightly. I don't think it's about memorizing your lines because if you try to memorize, let's say if you just try to memorize the Constitution or, you know, like... Uh, <laughs> that would be so boring. <laughs> yeah, like the boring stuff. Uh, but for actors, I don't think any good actors would just try to memorize the line. Mm -hmm. You know, instead they, they want to own the lines with mm -hmm. their body and mm -hmm. emotion. So your emotion, um, the, you know, the, the flow of your emotion is helping you uh, to to deliver those lines and you mentioned something about you know feeling uncomfortable on stage I think a lot of people are experiencing that uh, I think everyone um, will, will experience that um, there's this great video on TED <laughs> that's where we go to find our videos and then this lady talking about vulnerability right so like vulnerability being the most powerful quality i think for an actor it's really about like facing your vulnerability embracing your fear embracing your your you know your anger you know like everything like all the dark sinister thing that's you know brewing on the inside uh i think um you know like when you're playing an um a character on stage you are just kind of letting it out and not really worrying about what other people think about you. Mm -hmm. So, yeah, especially, you know, when you play a, a bad guy, play a villain, mm -hmm. play someone with uh, someone who's a little bit sick or twisted like the Jokers. <laughs> I would love to play the Jokers. Mm -hmm. I mean, Luke I think loves actor, playing, right? playing villains. Why so serious? <laughs> <laughs> I actually want to just say something real quick because there is actually an English term maybe the listeners can get. Uh, we call this stage fright. Mm -hmm. uh, stage fright, being afraid on stage. I guess actors, you guys probably all experienced that before the show. Like, mm -hmm. do you guys experience stage fright before the show or like when you're on stage? I'm I just think curious. Luke is more of like a like adrenaline adrenaline guy, right, Luke? But doesn't stage fright mix with adrenaline? Kind of, it's kind of um, mixed in there. I I think if you know the the part really well, like if, if you've done enough rehearsal. Uh, but in our case. Our company, we never do enough rehearsal. Oh yeah, <laughs> oh we... yeah. <laughs> I was a part of that. Yo, that yeah. was like okay, so... my first show. Like <laughs> stage fright is, is like eating me. <laughs> so, for example, like we did Romeo and Juliet, like a, a bridge version of Romeo and mm -hmm. Juliet that we um, 
show to high school students, right? For that show, we did like over ten rehearsal,、mm-hmm. right? And I think Winnie played Romeo and a few other, yeah, a few other stuff, <laughs> a few other baby Romeo, <laughs> baby Romeo. <laughs> so you know, like that's how you know professional companies would probably rehearse twenty, thirty times, right?、Mm-hmm. Uh, but we, we did like ten, twelve times, and I guess you still didn't feel ready the first time. That- yeah, first time that was.、Um, I feel like I messed up a bit. But you know, later on, I feel like it just—I'm used to it, and I'm always like super excited and happy to go on stage because I get to be someone that I'm not. Yeah, it's it's fun, right?、Mm-hmm. And, and also、um, making mistakes. I think the fear of making mistakes, right?、Mm-hmm. I mean, it's inevitable,、mm-hmm. right? For actors to mess up his lines or. You know,、oh, I forgot to you know take this prop. You know, <laughs> but just so, you just、so、have、often. to trust that like number one, like your instinct will save you, and your、mm-hmm. fellow actors will save you,、mm-hmm. right? So, so I think there's always a degree of improvisation, even with like scripted, you know, stuff.、Um, yeah, so so re,、uh, you know, like just. Accept your fate that something will go wrong.、Mm-hmm. Like I accept that a long time ago. Something's <laughs> gonna go wrong. You know, like what you gonna do, hey?、Um, yeah. And then, then you feel much better. And then the second time, the third time you do the shows, of course, you know, you, you,、mm-hmm. you feel you feel much better.、Uh, yeah. So that's that's acting. Yeah. That's.、Um, That's theater,、uh, stage fright. Overcome your stage fright. And I think a lot of listeners out there,、um, they're like, "Oh, but we don't want to be like professional actors."、Mm-hmm. But I think everybody should learn drama, in my opinion, right?、Mm-hmm. Just because you know, even though you don't perform or you know, like being a show or something, there will be times in your life where you have to make a speech,、mm-hmm. like public speaking. Right. Let's say at your wedding, <laughs> at you know any kind of events, at your friend's funeral. I don't know, like、a、any kind eulogy. of eulogy. Eulogy, <laughs> eulogy. Winnie was a great friend. <laughs> blah, blah, blah. Great buddy. <laughs>、um, yeah. So public speaking is、uh, ubiquitous.、Mm-hmm. What is that word? <laughs> I'm just using big words. <laughs> yeah, you're using a lot of big show words. Show off、um, everywhere. That's、mm-hmm. um, you know it happens everywhere, and,、mm-hmm. and there's abundance.、Uh, Like, yeah, yeah like, very common abundance. It's very common,、mm-hmm. um, you know.、Uh, yeah, and especially as you get older, right? Your、mm-hmm. your friends will die or get married <laughs> or get married or you know you 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 have more of these、um, social events where there are chances that you might need to deliver a speech,、mm-hmm. right? So so、um, I think、uh, drama is a great way of like. Training yourself—it's a great way of, like, you know, just、uh, maybe put yourself in that very scary situation, but in a safe environment first, right? So you get to experience that, right?、You、go, oh, okay, scary, scary. Okay, then you have—you still have to go on there because the show must go on, and then you've done it, and they go, whoo, you know, I feel, I feel much better.、Mm-hmm. And the next time when you have to. Do it. You don't feel so scared anymore, right?、Mm-hmm. So,、uh, practice makes perfect.、Um, and if you never practice public speaking,、uh, you will get very, very nervous. You know,、mm-hmm. the first time you, you you do it. It helps you in life, I guess. It it really does. A lot of the things that you experience on stage, you can also experience in life. And I think that kind of backs up your concept for your drama school, right? 
Yes, thank you very much uh, for um, inviting me um, over here today uh, because, well, I started my um, theater company slash drama school like two years ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then it is um, the, 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 our mission is to help uh, kids develop uh, confidence, right? Of course, like we're, we're doing everything in English, so they get to practice their English, but not in like like a boring way because I'm like anti-boring. Not like my name is Weenie. How are you? Not there like that. There are five people in my family: <laughs> my father, my mother, my brother, my dog. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, like that's something like I'm a big against. <laughs> okay, so so when you think about your like English uh, textbook. Right, the kind of English textbook you get, you get conversation in your textbook, mm-hmm. but they are designed in a way to, you know, build up your grammar and your vocabulary step by step. But most of the time, they are boring. Right? What is your name? My name is Mary. What is your name? My name is Peter. Nice to meet you. Nice to meet you too. Right? There's no conflict, and because I'm a, you know, being a drama guy, I really love conflict. So, so when kids come to our school, they they get to, you know, like put on a show basically, and you know, dialogues or and they're they're practicing their English as well at the same time. You know, um, it's a conversation, but with emotional context. Right? So, Little Mermaid said. To Ursula, oh, I want to marry the prince. Give me legs. I don't know something like that. I don't know. Yes. So actually, I think you answered my question. Like, I was wondering what kind of plays do the kids do in your school. I guess they're doing like more like Disney stuff. Or? Uh, yeah, not Disney. Not Disney. Nobody mentioned the word Disney. No, 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 no. Uh, classics, classic right? uh-huh. <laughs> fairy tales. Like uh, you know, literary Riding Hood that nobody owns the copyright of, <laughs> right? Um, yeah, Little Red Riding Hood, uh, Three Little Pigs. Uh, we, we actually have a show that Winnie was in. Mm-hmm. It's called Kill Wolf, right? So Yeah, Luke wrote that. You, you should tell them like uh, the you know about the script a little bit, how you won a prize. Yeah, I won a prize, hooray. Yay! Yay. <laughs> <laughs> I won two prizes. Um, so uh, basically we would take fairy tales and then uh, just ch- change it a little bit. So uh, this show is about like all these fairy tale fairy tale characters like they're suing the big bad wolf in court like your (laughs) honor you know like he ate my grandmother and then little red riding hood would tell her version of the story and then the wolf go no 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 no, no, that's not what happened i was just trying to help her right so he would tell like a different version so it's a little bit like uh rashomon like um you know like two sides of the story actually many many sides of the story Mm -hmm. like i am uh, you know, that's uh, something that I'm very interested in. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, there's always different ways or different perspective, you know, when you uh, see uh, anything. Yes. I, and I think that's another um, great um, thing that drama brings to people, not just to, you know, you know, help them develop their English, their fluency, and also learn about public speaking. But it's also about like... Um, you know, taking different perspective as well, because if you uh, if you want to play a character, you need to understand uh, not just the words, but also the, the the context, right? What this character is thinking, you know, what makes this person angry, right? So I'm not just going, oh, I'm just going to be angry, rawr, I'm angry, rawr. That's very, very superficial, but mm-hmm. we, we will go deeper into, okay, what makes you angry? What makes that person angry? Uh, so, you know, what related to that is the development of like EQ or like 
you know emotional intelligence for for children so um and you know like it's good you know it's good fun and they they get here you know they get to our rehearsal space and they get to play different character and it's a you know it, it's a it's very um it's very refreshing and and it uh it's uh, like a stress relief for for the kids i would say it's also pretty inspiring at least when i was doing it you know you you get to see things that you've never actually thought that hey I would actually see things, uh, you know, in different ways. It helps you think. This is what I think. How about you, Steve? Um, I have much, much less experience with acting than you guys do. Um, but you watch plays. Yeah, I mean, I do actually like it. I mean, I always, when I was in school, I always liked reading the characters and stuff, like in the books. And my English teachers always loved me for it because I'd always volunteer. Mm-hmm. Um, I think the reason I liked it is because, I don't know, there's, there's something, yeah, it's something fun about playing a different character. Um, and you get your own interpretation of it and you get to kind of like live in someone else's shoes. And I think like Luke says, um, it does, like reading reading in general increases your empathy. But when you get to actually play the character and put yourself in another character, character's shoes that's like a whole different level that's like Mm -hmm. the next level like beyond reading i mean if you want to reading increases empathy but acting is like the actual way to put yourself in someone else's shoes Mm -hmm. and i just want to say one thing when i worked in like bushy bonds before i really liked what luke said because they literally just had to memorize the script it was so boring it's like i am little red riding hood i need to see my grandmother oh I am the big bad wolf. I will eat you. But, you know, it's like <laughs> there's no emotion. The, the kids don't really understand everything they're saying, and they don't really understand the characters beyond, like, the very basic concepts. Like, mm-hmm. oh, Little Red Riding Hood's good. Wolf is bad. But that's mm-hmm. about as much as they understand. Yeah. Because they do those shows for, for like, learning English. That's mm-hmm. their yeah. – and they're, they're, they're being instructed by English teachers not drama teachers or drama mm-hmm, coaches. That is the point. Right? So in our school, I would definitely go, okay, you know, Wolf, you know, discover like what, what you know, like <laughs> when was the last time you were really, really hungry, right? I want that, you know, like I want you to show me that, right? Or, or you uh, just kind of when you're, you're designing all these actions for, for, for the kids and go, okay, just kind of, you know, make yourself really big. Mm-hmm. Right, make yourself very small. You're vulnerable. You're in the woods. Um, you know, it's a scary forest, and there could be scary people. You know, just uh, behind the trees. So you're so scared. I imagine it's very, very cold, and um, yeah. So really, use the imagination um, to 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 guide you through through your character. All right, tough question. What do you do with the really shy kids? Because in my experience of teaching it, I try to get them to do a lot of those things, but there's always students that are really shy. Like, they do not want to act whatsoever. With really shy kids, well, number one, it takes time. Mm-hmm. You're not going to get them, you know, like, um, you know, the first five minutes. But usually in, in a drama class, we do a lot of warm-ups, right? Like physical, vocal, and also mental warm-ups. So create a safe environment for them to go, it's actually okay to make mistakes, right? I think a lot of kids, they're shy. They don't want to, you know, speak at all because they're afraid that they might make mistakes because our education system uh, stigmatized uh, mistakes and good. So, so like kids, they go, if I don't do anything, I won't make any mistakes. <laughs> yeah. Right. So it's better to keep my mouth shut and then I won't make any mistakes. So, you know, I, so we're kind of against that. So mm. we go, it's okay. Just make a mistake. It's fine. So create a safe environment. And then, um, so, uh, and then, you know, uh, just, I think there is no, I really have to, you know, find out why this kid is shy. 
So, you know, get to know the person better. Like maybe they feel like they're being judged or mm -hmm. maybe they're, it may sometimes it's to do with a family, mm -hmm. you know, but, you know, there are different ways, you know, you can like another approach is like, um, you know, like have lots of like physical activities involved, right? Like physical drama game really helps them like lower their guards and then like they stop thinking about like, oh, you know, like what I'm going to say, I'm going to make a mistake. So yeah, just get them active, get them like, get them to like start running, start walking and running in space. And then uh, while side coaching the kids with, you know, like walking in like, you know, like walking on lava, walking on ice mm -hmm. walk, you know like so take their mind away from the thing that they're afraid of because they go i don't want to open my mouth i don't want to <laughs> speak right yeah. so distract them that's that's why you do and your school sounds like a lot of fun like if i had if i had kids even though i'm not going to have any kids in the future i just i hope i don't because <laughs> i can barely feed myself but if i had kids in the future i would really want to send them your way so would you like to tell us uh some information about your school okay sure uh so if you're interested in learning uh drama or uh if you're interested uh, to find out how drama can help your kids boost confidence uh, and develop uh, greater oral fluency or uh, English proficiency in general, you can uh, search us. You can um, uh, just search. What is the name of my? You forgot <laughs> the name of your fan page. <laughs> okay, so it's just in the description.可以搜寻游戏英语剧团. You can search us on Facebook. Uh, just type uh, "Let's Play Theater" mm -hmm. and you should be able to find us. And we're located on Chang'an East Road, Section Two mm -hmm. in Taipei. In, in Taipei, Taipei, which is like the middle of Taipei City. Mm -hmm. So you, you know, you can you can get to us. It's um, great parking, <laughs> or you can <laughs> take the MRT. <laughs> <laughs> What's and the it, name of your theater school? Uh, Let's Play Theater. Let's Play Theater. theater. Okay. Yeah, and if you if you want to get to know Papa Luke a little bit, uh, a little bit more, Papa Luke is his like stage name That's or my something. Stage yeah. Name, Normally Luke. I just call him Luke, but if you want to get to know Papa Luke a little bit more, he has his own fan page as well, and he's he used to have a show um on Momo. Momo TV. Yeah, yeah. So if you want to see Papa Luke cook, you can actually go find that on YouTube as well, and uh, we will we will include the links down in the. description description below. All right, cool. Ever that was a really fun episode. Thanks Luke for coming on the show. Thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. All right guys, go check out Luke's uh school and or his cooking show. I didn't know about that. And we'll catch you guys next time. Bye-bye. Thanks for listening to Ride the Vibes. We're glad you enjoyed the episode. We want to take our show around the world to reach new listeners. It would be totally awesome if you would like, share, and subscribe. You can now find us on all your favorite podcasting platforms. Wherever you are, we'll be there waiting. We're also now on Instagram. Find us at rtvibesvt. And definitely get in contact with us if there's anything you want us to talk about in the future. See you next time, and once again, thanks for listening.